Welcome to another episode of Damsels in Discussion, where we discuss the week's pop culture from a funny, foul-mouthed feminist perspective. A lot to get through today on three big shows, Game of Thrones, Mad Men, and Nashville. We're going to be skipping around a bit to focus just on a few points for each show, since these are so jam-packed. I am Brandy in Los Angeles. I'm Shannon in Oakland. And I'm Teresa in Brooklyn. I'm just so excited about the fact that I actually got to hear what the bear and the maiden fair sound like. <laughs> Wait, so it's in the books? <laughs> yes. So the bear and the maiden fair is like the most popular song in Westeros, apparently, because they <laughs> sing it so many fucking times in these books. And, you know, obviously, uh, I, this is the first time I've heard it actually sung was near the beginning of this episode when they're all on horseback. And then for the final credits, they have some Irish rock band doing some version of it. And I'm, just, <laughs> I, I'm very happy. And I just love that there's probably some nerds out there going, that is not what the bear in the maiden fair would sound like. Those are not the correct instruments that they would be <laughs> accompanying it. It's like... <laughs> this is a pretty brutal episode, though. Very I mean, brutal. there was a lot of threats of violence, and then it ends in this very shocking act of violence. I was so horrified. I couldn't believe it. It was really shocking. Who saw that coming? Oh, my God. Not at all. I mean, I was worried that something bad was going to happen because Jamie was just like, he was really pressing his luck a lot with that guy. And I was like, You're, this is not going to be good. But I didn't think it would be that sudden and that dramatic. And then to just have that be the last scene of the episode, his echoing scream, I was like, oh, we are in a different place this season. Yeah, you can only use the daddy card so many times. And when that guy had his knife pressed up to his eye and I already have oh. an eye squeamish thing. It like makes me want to throw up if someone just like tries to get an eyelash out of their eye. So it was pretty brutal. But then it was like, ba bam, bloody stump. What? Whew. Yeah. It was it was really bad. But I am excited to see how this humbles him. And and it was his sword hand. It's his right hand. So Yeah. Yeah. King Slayer no more. Yeah. Right. I think that this is one of the characters who would be most affected by having something like that happen to them. So right. it is going to be really interesting to see. And the developing relationship between Jamie and Brienne was also really uh, interesting on this episode, uh, as she almost faced something quite brutal as well. <laughs> I had a lot of like burying my face in my hands during this episode, for sure. And I actually saw you. We were in the same place this episode, so I can actually <laughs> attest to that. I, I looked over at you, and you were making the same face I was, and I was like, all right. <laughs> no, but I was very, very upset when they were going to rape her, because we have this idea that she's really been guarding her virginity. It means something very important to her, not because she's waiting for the right man. I, I just think it means something very deep to her and to have that violated was very upsetting to me. She does think of herself as being unbesmirched, right? To use Jamie's word. I feel like that's how she thinks. Virginity herself. expert. What do you have to say? <laughs> well, I do think that there is something about that. And I think it has to do with her being a warrior. I, I think that it's the connection between being, being a warrior and being clean and pure for the fight. Well, in any amount of sex could put her warrior status in jeopardy. You know, she's not going to be able to get her armor on over a pregnant belly. 
<laughs> right. 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 Absolutely. I mean, I don't think she thinks of herself as a coy, blushing virgin waiting oh. for her wedding night, unless it was with Renly, of course. But, you know, that's just a sale. <laughs> oh, I think it's like a source of power for her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, I, you know, she, you know, she acts like a man at times, you know, at a man's world. But I do think she thinks of herself as a woman and wants to keep her virginity because that's a source of power. and in this world where women are raped and have baby after baby after baby. I mean, I think keeping that virginity sets her apart from other women, makes her stronger in a way. She's not afraid to go into battle, but I think the idea of being at the mercy of all those really awful guys in that kind of situation is terrifying, frankly. Of course. Well, gang rape is terrifying and unfortunately it is still happening in our culture. Um, it was it was just awful. It was just awful the whole the whole scene of it. And I was so thankful to Jamie. I think this is the most I've ever liked Jamie. Is when mm-hmm. he, and and we hear her echoing in the background. You know, it's really brutal. And he you know comes up with this lie that it is interesting that using her family's name seems to have worked, but his family name was too far. Yeah. Right. Right. People hate the Lannisters. Yeah. Well, it's nice to see that tide is kind of turning because every time we're at King's Landing, they have a lot of power. Right. And just props to Gwendolyn Christie because I thought she did a great job throughout this episode. She's such a good actress. Fantastic. She is great. It it was also funny, like the beginning of the two of them when they're tied up on horseback, they're kind of hilarious together. You know, they're the Peggy and Stan of Westeros, I think. (laughs) There was a lot of humor this episode. I really like. I mean, opening with that guy that he just can't shoot the arrow was classic. Oh, Ed Muir. Ed Muir Tully. What a loser. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it was needed. It, like, this episode definitely needed a little levity. Because, you know, besides all that, we had what was going on with Theon, which was just like, I'm still confused by what's actually happening to him right now. But another very brutal near rape scene. Just Yeah. Nobody's safe, basically. It does make me thankful to have a car. And, you know, <laughs> you know, just like things that protect you. I mean, everybody's so out in the open. On horseback. Yeah, yeah. it's just like you're just so vulnerable all the time. Well, and of course, the other truly hilarious scene, which is almost wordless until the very end, which is Tywin Lannister calling his small council. Oh, my God. Order. This is so great. <laughs> what a bunch of characters. <laughs> So fantastic. I love me some some chair dragging. It's just always effective. It was so passive aggressive and crazy. I mean, uh hilarious. Really great stuff. Uh Tyrion and Cersei smirking at each other is always fun to watch. They don't need lines. Those actors are so great. So none of them do. Yeah, it, it is interesting though, because last season we watched Cersei be in power of those meetings. And now that her father is back, she's really has no power. She's just the daughter. She's just the woman in the room. Yeah. But, but you know what? She's still not quite giving up, you know, Mm -hmm. she still, she shows up for the meeting. She brings her chair over right next to her father, sits down without a word. Well, because I think she knows that she can outlast these other fools, which Teresa calls what a bunch of losers in our notes here, you know, (laughs) Baelish, 
and these other dudes, like they, she can be these guys, right? She, the yeah. only person she needs to stare down is her brother. These other right. idiots. She's she's smarter than them. She's a step ahead of them. No matter what they might think about their networks of spies and their new positions or whatever, that's the real interesting thing. Is just her and Tyrion. Like Cersei and Tyrion are the cockroaches of Westeros. They're gonna live yeah. past anything. <laughs> they are scrappy yeah. as all hell. You cannot kill them. Yeah. Well, they'll kill themselves before they'll let anyone else kill them, right? Right. So. That's true. And now yeah. Lord Baelish gets to go woo Catelyn's crazy sister. <laughs> I've been wondering if we would ever see her again. Oh, my God. Do you think she's still breastfeeding that crazy teenage boy? Be like, it's probably like 14 <laughs> by now. Do you think Lord Baelish is ever going to share a boob with another man? I doubt it. <laughs> Yeah, he'll sweep in there and he'll be like, this stops today. <laughs> this tit is mine. I own all the tits. That would actually be so good. I would love that. Can, it might can happen. Can I ask you, what kind of accent does Aiden Gillen have? Is it, is it Welsh? I've been trying to place it because it's such a great accent. I don't know because the only other thing I've seen him in is The Wire, which is definitely a different sort of accent than this. But it kind like, of is the same accent. Baltimore and Welsh? <laughs> I get them Weird. confused. It's true. I do. <laughs> I just, side note, my favorite thing probably in that entire School of Thrones spoof was the guy who does Vice Principal Baelish <laughs> as it <laughs> nailed. The accent is nailed. And he looks just like him, too. It's absolutely it's true. Perfect. And he's teaching sex education. I can't, it doesn't get any better than that. I know they have a cut line where he's like, and now vaginas, and then it just cuts away. So good. So what what do you guys think of Daenerys buying all the buying all the slaves with her dragon? Oh, you think they're gonna she's gonna give them her dragon? No. I no. I don't think she's actually gonna give them that dragon. I think those dragons are coming with her. I think they're gonna burn it down when they leave. <laughs> right, because when <laughs> When she's talking with the asshole guy, who our new fly girl, who's coming on the Daenerys train, which I'm really excited about, you know, is having to <laughs> translate. And she's looking up at all the, you know, the young slaves above. And and we know she's got this soft spot. Daenerys does. And I just kept thinking she's going to fucking burn this place to the ground before she leaves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because that's who she is. She does have this weird moral code. And... She also, she wants to have her cake and eat it too. Let's just put it that way. And she's got the dragon. I agree. Yeah. I thought the conversation um, with Sir Jorah and whatever the other guy's name is, I'm never going to be able to remember everyone's name at this whatever. point. Whatever. Uh, Tweedledee and Tweedledum, you know? Yeah. Their argument was actually pretty good. Like, whether they should buy the Unsullied or not, I could see both sides of that sort of mental dilemma. And I could see Daenerys being like, there's got to be a way that I can just, yeah, have my cake and eat it too. I'll win everything. I'm smarter than all of these men. We Men have to die, but we are not men, you know? That was yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that got like a little kick. It wasn't a high kick. <laughs> it's a little twitch of a... It's a little twitch because it was like, damn, girl, I like what you You know, saying. something better than that is coming, though. So you saved that Oh, yeah, I'm cake. saving the high kick. It's going to happen. <laughs> It's really funny. I keep getting like messages from people about being like, I just think about you doing high kicks like while watching the scene. It's really like, <laughs> my meme. 
Yeah, it is your meme. We'll have to. We should make a GIF of you doing high kick and put it on the Tumblr. It'll be hard to match the the spontaneous one when uh, Joan threw out her shitty husband because that was just so unexpected and just it was from oh, the heart. Well, high kick from the heart. So, uh, can we segue to Mad Men on that note? Yeah, because I think everything else that went on on Game of Thrones were a little bit like, all right, we're just waiting to see if this turns into something interesting, basically. I If I don't get a Joan episode soon, I'm going to fucking lose it. One <laughs> sassy line isn't going to cut it for me. Yeah, we've had three hours so far, and we've had maybe like five minutes of Joan screen time. That is not acceptable. No, mm-hmm. it's not acceptable. But Trudy came awfully close. She was great. I was really surprised that she knew what was up. And she was like, I gave you that apartment, idiot. <laughs> Stop. Right. Why are you shitting in our backyard? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Who are these women oh. that are attracted to him? Disgust. It's disgusting. They must be so bored. Well, I mean, we know that that, that woman's actual husband is obviously terrible. But yeah, I she mean, was a little crazy. terrible, too. Yeah. She was a little um, stalkery. Definitely a little stalkery. And Pete's Pete's various lines that he uses on her throughout this are just like, is this really working on someone? I'll buy you a hot dog. Sometimes it gets hot in here. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh no, it's, it, the line was, it's been known to get hot in here. Let me, excuse <laughs> me, I need to go puke in my shoe. I'll be back. Gross. <laughs> Keeping all of my clothes on. I'm, in fact, I'm putting on more clothes. Yeah, do a suit jacket. I can just yeah, put on I just over need this. more clothes to hide myself from that horrible pickup line. How does Peter Campbell get away with it? He is so awful. He's not even good looking. I, I don't I don't understand it at all. You know he's not good in bed. No. I know he's no, not. No, there's no way he is. No. I mean, and he doesn't seem to be spending money on people. Tickets to see hair aside, like, I, I doubt that those are so hard to come by. Well, you know, I'm really hoping for a swinger storyline, but the beginning of the episode with the end of that party at Trudy and Pete's, I was like, this could mm-hmm. turn into swinger party. I was party. waiting for the keys thrown in the bowl any minute. See, it never would, though, and that's why that scene was great contrasted with Trudy later is because she just never loses control, and Pete's been underestimating her for so long. Right. Like, she has, and probably I've been underestimating her because I thought the writers were writing her to the point where she didn't understand who her husband really was, but she has understood this whole time and all of her, like, we've got to get Don to RSVP to our party. We've got to buy a house in the suburbs. We've got to do this and this. And she always gets what she wants. Right. She was playing him the whole time, but she just never, she underestimated him, actually. It was the other way right. around. The power of wanting a pool. You know, you'll put up with <laughs> the line that did kill me just to be serious for a moment. She goes, I don't want to be a failure, you know, and and we still yeah. struggle with this idea in our culture now that to be married, you are a success and to be divorced and single, you are a failure. And I hate that because I think of Trudy as a real success. She's always been super smart, ambitious, get what she wants kind of girl. And I wish she was with a man that really appreciated that. It's a yeah. dead weight. If she was around today, she'd be running a multimedia company called the Trudy Post. Right. (laughs) Yeah, she would be a CEO material for sure. Yeah, totally. I just hope this doesn't mean we'll see less of her. 
after all of this. Well, Allison Bree's career has been blowing up, so. Yeah, that's true. Um, but she's just so great. And she's one we, of my I favorite would... characters, for sure. But that was brutal. It was really hard to see that woman come in, face bloody. Mm-hmm. A lot of violence in these two episodes of uh, Game of Thrones and Mad Men. Just, it was, it was pretty shocking stuff. Yeah. And then, of course, there's Dawn on his date with the Catholic oh. woman. If it wasn't Linda Carnellini, I mean, I'm she's hanging on by a thread because I like the actress. I really can't stand that character. I agree. Like, that's the thing that is saving this storyline for me. And I like watching him interact with the doctor. Uh, mm-hmm. Even though I'm so mad at him that he's sabotaging, like, his one chance at a true friendship post-Roger. Right. But I don't understand, really, their connection, him and Sylvia. I'm still not really getting it. I'm not getting why it's different from what we've already seen before. No matter how many tidy little speeches they can write for him, and that dinner scene was very well written, it's still not anything new. It felt like we were on repeat, like, oh, season two, Dawn. Yeah. Or season one, Dawn, with um, the department store heiress. Yeah, Rachel Menken. Who was way more interesting than Sylvia. Seriously. As yeah, was Rachel Mitch. Menken was great. Yeah. Mitch. Yeah. I mean, only the teacher has been worse than Sylvia. Right. Mm-hmm. She's, the, she's the worst. You're right. Yeah. Um, but I, I am, no offense, Therese, loving mm-hmm. Megan more and more. I actually really loved her whole talk about having the miscarriage and that she wasn't sad about it, you know, because her career is taking off and it would have been a bad time to have a baby. And I fucking hated Sylvia's response, but I really am enjoying Megan. She's a strong woman. I like her. I like Megan a lot in this episode. Not going to lie. I really, Holy really shit. Her. Stop the presses. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Woo! What does it take for me to like someone? She's got to like have a miscarriage. That's what it takes. <laughs> I set the bar pretty high. You have high standards. Can I, can I just say, though, I had to watch that whole scene between them twice because the first time I saw it, I thought what she was saying was she had an abortion. Mm. And then when I watched it again, oh. I was like, oh, wait, I don't think she is actually saying that. I think she's just saying she had a miscarriage and she's happy. Is that right? Yeah, I think she feels very guilty about the fact that she probably would have chosen to have an abortion because of the bad timing with her career. I mean, it's always going to be bad timing with Don. Does she really think that he wants another kid? He barely remembers what baby Jean's name is. I mean, right. he's a terrible father. He is a terrible father. She never struck me as someone who did want kids. I think, I think she, she just does. feels like she should because she can right. afford it because she's married to a handsome man. I mean, but she seems right. like she wants a career and she wants to be this cosmopolitan person jetting off to Hawaii all the time. Right. Yeah. And, you know, he already can't go in the house and they don't have a kid. I think once they if they do have a kid, he's gone like and never coming back. I mean, I just don't think he is the family man. And at least what's inside that door is still a glamorous life with a young woman that's cosmopolitan, as you say. Mm-hmm. But I think it's already become too real for him. So he's escaping. Uh, Megan's really complicated, and when he married her, she thought she—he uh, thought she was very easy, and she's right. not at all. She's a real person who wants her own life, mm-hmm. and that's a whole new ball game. And Dawn's money gave her the freedom to pursue that, right? 
yeah, she's she's a lot like Faye. I mean, the more that we get to know her, she is a lot like Faye, which is probably mm-hmm. like her. Interesting. But I think they're totally foreshadowing that Sylvia's going to get knocked up and she's obviously not going to get rid of the baby. Maybe Megan is infertile. Mm. And it's going to cause crazy tension. Well, Megan's not infertile. She's just. You don't know that. Well, she's already been pregnant, right? So. Yeah, but you can always just have miscarriages and not carry to term. That's true. I don't think they're going to be trying anytime soon. So I don't know. Hopefully Sylvia is being careful. Ugh. Catholic. (laughs) No, but she, I don't know. well, that's a good question. I mean, she seems really staunchly Catholic, so. How much are... trust does Don actually put in these women? Like, it's amazing he hasn't knocked up someone before, right? Right. Why doesn't he have any bastard children like, like that look like his unfortunate younger self? <laughs> <laughs> I've grown to hate the Dick Whitman. The Dick Whitman flashbacks are just, ugh. But wasn't John Hamm pissed when he saw that kid that they cast as him? I mean, that kid looks nothing like him. He looks like little Bobby. Well, <laughs> I, saw, I saw our fourth damsel, <laughs> Rachel, today, and she said, I think he looks like Beaker. <laughs> Which I thought was really funny. Oh, poor kid. Poor kid. I mean, the haircut's not doing any favors. They have period haircuts, so. Let's talk about that Jaguar. Yeah. We did Die. get one really great Don scene in this episode. Uh, yeah, I I love Don so madly in that board boardroom scene. We love <laughs> seeing him being talented, and he was very talented in that scene. It was beautiful, a beautiful writing, beautiful acting, and just the best bunch of reaction shots. <laughs> yeah, ever. the little one yes. from Roger when he knows exactly what he's doing was priceless. It was it was just it was really great. It was a perfect scene, I think. Yeah, that scene is like why I watch this show for those yeah. moments. And then at the end, the Jaguar guy is so stupid that he's like, why did you let Don talk? He's a terrible salesman. <laughs> that Jaguar guy. I There was a lot of threads that started last season that came to fruition this season that I, I really enjoyed, like. As hard as it was having the Jaguar guy back, I was like, oh, no, we're going to see the reality of all of these decisions around Jaguar. Wonderful. You know, yeah. not just having it brushed under the rug. We have Jaguar. We never see them again in the office. You know? Right. Joan has to see them again. Blech. Imagine how many times that guy's been in the office, too. Ew. Ugh. And she goes into Don's office and pours a drink. Very telling. Yeah, that was a great, great stage scene. And I was just sitting there thinking, if I was her, I would be terrified that he would, like, demand it again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Ugh, that guy. <laughs> well, do you want to talk about the other person that you say that? Oh, that guy, Bob Benson. <laughs> <laughs> Your new nemesis. <laughs> he is my nemesis. I feel like I have a, like, physical reaction when he comes on the screen. Oh, and you it's do. I watched it with you. You kept screaming, that guy! <laughs> Get him off. Like, I can't control I it. I can't control the screen. I've liked, I liked that actor in Political Animals, so it really is the character that's doing it for me. It's not like him. I just can't handle it. I don't want to watch another brown noser. I can't do it. I He's just, pre-Pete. I He's pre-Pete, who is pre-Dawn. It's like they're just in a cycle, you know? <laughs> P 
Pete sent him to buy toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no charge, chief, or whatever he said. <laughs> ah, the two worst people in the world in a room together. Well, I guess you won't be watching that spinoff series. <laughs> no. When they get a bachelor pad together. Uh, you ladies are killing me. <laughs> well, as horrible as, as Pete and Bob are, that's how wonderful Peggy and Stan are. I know, uh, but I, you know it's due. Oh, I know. That was, ter- that was really terrible. I was like, oh, shit. What was, what, you know, what, was what she is she thinking doing telling Tad? story? Yeah. I'm watching her telling Ted about this, and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Where do you think this is going to go now? I, I don't know if she really didn't understand or if she knew what she was doing and then was, like, acting like she didn't understand. I, I don't know. Well, and part of me thinks, like, well, if Heinz is not going to sign with, you know, with Dawn, then they're fair game, right? You I agree. Know? I don't think they can expect her not to compete for the same clients. She's going to be. At some point, she will be, you know, at war, you know, business war with her past company. Yeah. We're going to get her and Don competing against for an account. It's going to happen because it's one of the most interesting things they can do. Right. Yeah, there's going to be an episode where they have to pitch at the offices and they're in the same waiting room together or something. Yeah. Yeah. And Peggy's going to fucking win it because she's a baller. <laughs> she's going to win Heinz Ketchup, the Coca-Cola of condiments. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a good line. <laughs> um, I got to say, I'm still feeling that sparkly chemistry between Peggy and Ted. Oh, they're going to do it on her desk. <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah. going to rip his turtleneck right off. <laughs> oh, God, be- those turtlenecks. <laughs> He's got way more sex appeal than Pete, though. Yeah, because yeah, he's actually got like I uh I think Teresa said the notes he's got that twinkle in his eye and I'm like yeah the he seems like he he would want to please the lady whereas Pete like we said there's no way Pete's good in bed no way but wait okay Brandy what if you had to choose between Pete or Bob Benson uh, you have to choose God. one you have to choose one who's it gonna be or do you choose oh. that? <laughs> Yeah, death is always an option. (laughs) Wait, we have to play Fuck, Mary Kill with Pete Campbell, Bob Benson, and the Jaguar guy. Oh, no! Okay, okay, okay. You gotta kill the Jaguar guy. Yeah, kill Jaguar guy. I would marry Bob Benson. Yeah. And I'd fuck fuck Pete Campbell, but I'd have to be real drunk. At least... (laughs) At least with Bob Benson, your wedding pictures would look good. <laughs> At least you can have some, like, freak Mitt Romney children, you know? <laughs> look really good. That's it! He's a total Mitt Romney! He's a Romney. That's he looks why. like a Republican. All right, right. I have an antidote to the horror of Pete and Bob and Jaguar Guy, and his name is Deacon. I know. Ooh. Deacon. Okay, but what if you had to do a fuck, marry, kill? <laughs> I'm not even going to put Deacon in the mix because that's too easy. Gunner, Avery, and that new, whatever, the blonde guy, the cowboy guy, whatever his new name is, Luke from the OC. Jeez. 
jeez. Oh, uh, I guess I'm gonna kill Gunner. <laughs> that guy really bugs me. All right. Uh, I guess I'm gonna fuck Avery. I'm gonna marry the wild card. Really? You're gonna marry the cowboy? <laughs> Again. But the pictures will look good. I think I would just fuck the cowboy. Kill Avery because he's such so annoying. And I think I could marry Gunner and make him into a good person. <laughs> think he's Wow. Therese. Um, wow. I guess I'd fuck the cowboy. I'd marry Gunner and I'd kill Avery. Okay, we're the same, Therese. I'll share them with you. Okay. All right. Good that that's out of the way. So. <laughs> now we know. <laughs> now we know. I'm just glad that we were really honest with each other. True. <laughs> okay, so, so Deacon. Deacon. When he comes to hog brain up. I know that that Stacy is not gonna last. Come on, that haircut. Oh, Stacy and her haircut. They got. She go. knows that she's got a three episode contract and she's out of there. <laughs> when Deacon came to hug Raina, I cried. Mm-hmm. It was so like they have these scenes that are filled with so much history and emotion. It's beautiful. Yeah, and I think we learned even more history on this episode. It sounds like they've known each other since they were teenagers, which I've been assuming that they met in their 20s after her career got started. But I guess her career got started earlier than they've let us know so far, unless I missed something. I was shocked, too. I think that's true, and that was really surprising. But the whole thing with, like, all those revelations about Wadi and – who, by the way, I always thought was called Whitey – me too. With a Tennessee accent. Anyway, <laughs> all that stuff with Wadi and her mom and Deacon and her dad and and the fact that, that her sister knew all of this stuff and nobody told Raina about it. Yeesh. I also just don't think that it's enough of a reason that just because you look like your mother who cheated on your dad that he has full license to treat you like shit your whole life. Mm, that's not working. Well, I think it was also about the fact that she left. Like she left the house at sixteen, just like mom left. You know, it's not just that she looks like her. It's not. It's not working for me. But I'm. I'm along no, I'm not, the ride. But it's not working yeah, for me. I'm not justifying Lamar's incredible stubbornness. I'm just saying, like, I think uh, that's why he has trouble dealing with it. Because he wasn't in control, you know? He always needs to be in control of everything else. Right. He can't control Raina. Nope. I love that Raina and Tandy are friends. I love that they've gotten closer. It's nice. I want to see more Tandy. I like her. Yeah, I like Tandy, too. She storms into Teddy's office, and she's wearing that, like, fitted red power jacket. And she's like, (laughs) fuck your girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> yeah, more or less. <laughs> yeah, love I it. love Tandy. I, I more Tandy. I agree. More Joan. More Tandy. Yeah. More yeah. sassy ladies. And then there's Juliet. What are they doing with her? They they've got to write some better stuff for her. They've really run out of material. I know. It's like okay. Here's what Juliet does. Juliet disses her mom. She manipulates all the addictive personalities around her. And 
she texts sometimes. Yeah, and she and she sleeps with the wrong man. It, it's getting old. She's a great character. It's a fantastic actress. They need to do something more with her. And I have mm-hmm. faith, but I'm getting a little impatient. It does feel like they're treading water a little bit. I wonder if Nashville wouldn't have been a stronger show if it was on cable and they could have told all this story in 13 episodes instead of 24 episodes or whatever they're doing. Because they're, you know, we skipped last week because it felt like such a filler episode. Right. And it still kind of felt that way with Juliet's storyline on this one. I just, I think they're still figuring out what, the, what to do with their characters is part of it. And part of it is that they just have so many episodes to fill. Right. And I, I also think I'm realizing that Raina's world is a lot richer. There's a lot of things going on in it where Juliet's is kind of one note. You know, even the whole, at first it was really interesting, her mom's an addict, but God, they have nothing new to say about that anymore. You know, I think that. They need to pull in some long-standing new side storylines for her new characters because it's just... Or use the history a little bit better because that is the only history we've really gotten. And we haven't really been told the story of how Juliet became a star, how she did this for herself. Right. You know, she must have made some sort of contacts along the way, maybe not friends, but somebody who could provide a little more depth for her and understand her a little better because... I think Deacon understands her, but that's about all we've gotten so far as far as characters she can interact with on a level playing field. Mm-hmm. And also the whole the whole storyline of her writing different kinds of music and her fans responding to it, I thought was kind of great. And that's a little bit disappeared. Yeah, I'd much rather see more about that than hear about endorsement deals. Right. Right. And her new business partner, Dante. Her manager. Ugh. Pretty sucks. Ugh. Another yeah. smarmy bad dude. Ugh. Yeah. They're everywhere. Wearing too much hair product. Moving on. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like they always have these slow episodes, and I'm looking forward to a, a better episode. I mean, they're they're laying some good storylines down, so we'll see where they go. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, haven't been too impressed with the last two episodes. Are they taking a break? Is that is this true? I Brandy? think the next it's it's on again in May. There's a couple weeks of reruns. Yeah. Jeez Louise. So we gotta really... wait a couple weeks to find out, but hopefully that means this last stretch of episodes because I think there's four or five left will be good stuff. Okay, who's got a one fabulous thing? I do. I'm I'm gonna plug a book that doesn't need my help at all because it's already a national bestseller, but I'm behind the times. <laughs> and I just finished Maria Semple's Where'd You Go, Bernadette. Uh, and it's really, really great. I, I liked her first one. This one is mine, but I didn't love it. And this one I just loved. It's so creative. It's uh, mostly an epistolary novel. So you get all these like emails and documents that are somehow woven together into this really compelling and absolutely hilarious storyline. Like I was the crazy person on the plane laughing out loud at her book while mm. people are giving sidelong glances um and she she's just the real deal you know she used to be a tv writer she wrote for like arrested development stuff she lives in seattle now and i took a class from her once and she's just kind of like eccentric genius like she just knows her shit and this book is i think like her masterpiece so far so awesome if you're not on the bandwagon yet get it read it it's hilarious it's great it's full of really interesting female characters it's really good stuff awesome I haven't really been watching anything new, uh, but I did 
finally watched the new trailer to the Gatsby movie that's coming out. I'm a huge Baz Luhrmann fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Romeo and Juliet, Moulin Rouge, the anthem of my teens. Um, <laughs> and I was really excited in the new trailer. It was very Daisy focused. And I, I really love Carrie Mulligan. And I'm really excited to see a really good Daisy. So I, I'm pumped. I'm ready to go. Let's do this May 10th. So have you guys seen the new trailer? I've not seen the new one yet. Mm-hmm. We'll go on Apple trailers and check it out. It's very good. It's really, it's really cool. And it made me want to read Great Gatsby again, which I started reading actually. Oh, you did? I was going to try and read it before the movie. So I'll try and read it so we can talk about it. Yeah. So I'm, I, I started reading it. I haven't read it for decades, literally. Mm-hmm. And I think that I was pretty young and not very worldly when I read it. And I don't think I got it really. So I'm I'm looking forward to reading through it again before the movie comes out. Awesome. I'll do the same. My one fabulous thing is completely self-serving. This movie that I have been working on for like five years is going to be done next week. Awesome. We've seen it. It's really good. It's, it's really, really, really good. good. Yeah. Thanks, ladies. It's called How to Lose Your Virginity. And if any listeners want to know more about it, you can go to virginitymovie.com. And the other one great thing, which I just still can't believe, is we did an interactive online project to go with How to Lose Your Virginity. And um, it's going to be part of the Kinsey Institute's juried art show. That's so cool. Yeah. Holy shit, that's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, it's their first interactive piece. And the show opens in mid-May. So Indiana University... Oh my God, field trip. Oh. Field trip. Oh yeah. Oh my God, the only reason I've ever wanted to go to Indiana, right there. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Sorry, Indiana. <clears throat> May 17th. That's so, so cool. yeah. So that's pretty hilarious. So I'll put a link up on our um on our blog yes. if anybody wants yes, yeah. to go check it out. Awesome. Thank you for listening to another episode of Damsels in Discussion. We will be back next week with more chatter about Mad Men and Game of Thrones and whatever else we've watched this week. You can find us, in meanwhile, on Tumblr at damselsdiscuss.tumblr.com, on Twitter at damsels underscore discuss, and by searching Damsels in Discussion on Facebook. Precious and fragile things need special help.